Support for Podcast by Night is provided by Midnight Syndicate. To learn more, please visit MidnightSyndicate.com. to hide my face in games okay anyway oh you're any yeah you're sweet we'll just go with that you're you're a cutie you're fine logan <laughs> oh honey don't believe anything he has to say listeners believe me no 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 just don't don't believe him at all when he, we tell you that he, that he has to wear that veil for a reason no <laughs> he looks just fine okay well well speaking of all this physical deformity let's talk about the the embrace let's talk about the 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 brutal changes that occur uh, yeah, so the process of embrace for the Nosferatu is probably the worst of all the Camarilla clans because a fledgling is forced to like suffer these brutal changes to their body that really very few other clans have to deal with, if at all. So once you get embraced, you know they drink you down, they give you their blood. For days afterwards, you're suffering in agony because your body's twisting and deforming. Warming. I mean, they just kind of throw you into a and into a cavern somewhere in the sewers and walk away and hope that you make it out the other side because it's horrific. So because of this, the Nosferatu tend to have a higher rate of new embraces dying during the process of the of changing into vampires than any other clan because you have to survive the entire process of being twisted and manipulated. In a way that is permanent. Even if you manage to physically survive it, mentally you may not survive it. So that, because that pain is so excruciating, it can very easily snap and and twist your mind as well. And if you're left with incapable of higher brain function to even survive, you're just this violent monster. This, I mean, you have no brain to speak of as a vampire. Then. You're, you're seen as a failed embracement. And so some may be left alive. To, they'll keep them chained up and, and use as kind of like guard dogs, you know, to help defend the wardens if they need. But often if, they, if they're not good for that, they'll just put them down. Now, is it... It happens. Because the way that the... The way that the idea of that is, is worded, is it possible for someone to, during the change, after the embrace, but during the change... If it is to that degree of excruciating and just painful, is it possible that they just don't survive outright? Like, it does cause their final death? Yeah. I mean, that's amazing to think about, that these these poor bastards, they have to go through this. So it's like, you know, if, you, if you're a successful embracee, then, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they don't have some uh, champagne waiting on the other end because that's that's just a rite of passage all on its own. Well, <laughs> you can't drink the champagne anyway, so. Well, you know, you can drink the person that drank the champagne. I'm just saying. They might have some tasty gator blood. Well, oh. tastes, like, tastes like chicken blood, apparently. <laughs> so, because the Nosferatu have to hide from the eyes of the world, they have developed a particular skill set that allows them to do that. And key in that skill set is the mastery of the discipline of obfuscate. Ah, yes, obfuscate. The wonderful discipline that allows the vampires to hide themselves from the minds of others. 
They're definitely the masters of this. Yeah. They can just yeah, deceiving them, forcing them to look at something that uh, is is not real. It's not there. I, I love even the first level ability of conceal that it's like, no, it's not a shotgun. It's uh, got a broom I'm holding. It, it's some incredible stuff that the Nosferatu have developed. I mean, everybody can use this, of course, but thematically, the Nosferatu use it to just that dramatic degree, the next level. Yeah, there's a certain antisocial quality that comes with the use of Obfuscate because at its heart, it separates the user of Obfuscate from society and... There's a certain comfortability you develop about hiding who and what you are from everybody else. So this makes the discipline really ideal for the Nosferatu because uniformly they tend to be the antisocial misfits. And having that ability to manipulate the minds of others allows them to appear and to reappear in plain sight. You know, they can look different from one moment to the next. They can vanish or fade right before your eyes. I mean, I think my my go-to when I think of, of how Obfuscate works, my, my go-to reference is always the shadow. Oh, yes. You know, always. The, the old radio show. And some of you probably saw the movie with Alec Baldwin from the 90s, <laughs> which personally I feel is a horribly underrated movie because I love that movie. I agree. I agree. I loved it when I was 10. <laughs> oh, I love it still. I still love it. It's I, I mean, but it, that is the perfect example of showing how obfuscate works. It's that idea of it's your will that's making a, that subject see something that isn't really reality, however you manipulate. So, you know, because in, the Nosferatu inherently need to hide, this is really useful to them. And they're not the only clans who are, who are skilled at obfuscate. And, you know, the Asimites use it, the Septites use it, uh, the Malkavians also use it. Yes. But they're the one clan who tends to use it extensively uh, and, and probably far more than the other clans tend to use it because they have to. So along with the Nosferatu's abilities to hide to to make others see what they want them to see, like, you know, you could pretend to be that dashing blonde from that film you saw but wait a minute that guy died like 10 years ago they can do other things as well because with their skill set um living in the sewers being survivalists they also have developed a particular skill using the discipline animalism that's the discipline that allows a vampire to not just control animals but also speak to them but it also has an innate ability to control the beast and other kindred so the nosferatu are not the only clan who excel at animalism gangrel probably are the most skilled at it um and the shimasei zemiche however you want to pronounce it but the shimasei um probably would argue they're just as skilled if not more so and of course they would of course they would because you know they're flesh crafting snobs yes they're voids but the Nosferatu have the, use the skill set in a lot of ways that those two other clans don't. Um, I mean, primarily because as you know, as a discipline, it speaks to their living in the sewers and living on the edges. They're able to communi- communicate with creatures that you know live in those areas, such as you know rats, 
rats are a big thing living in sewers and that's a very useful um that's a very useful tool for an osferatu so even though this discipline is found amongst other clans the nosferatu use it particularly for their own skill set and, and if you notice the other clans we mentioned the gangrel the shimasei the nosferatu these are all clans who tend to hang out on the fringes of human society uh, you know they're they, they're not all up and up in in you know the high living the elite classes of society so because of that they do tend to hang around with animals more and their social skills tend to lapse a little bit so for the nosferatu who aren't known for being particularly social it seems animalism seems to be a great fit for how along with obfuscate for how they operate because they can control an animal they can send that animal into the city to go do what they need they can send messages they can um, have those animals spy for them and find information for them. And, um, and sometimes they can use those animals, the eyes and ears of those animals, like in a literal sense. Animalism sometimes allows them to kind of, you know, warg or skin ride into a, an animal so that they can watch things going on that, you know, no one's going to notice a rat hanging out watching you because it's just a rat right rats stray dogs stray cats anything hell i mean can they even do birds yeah could do birds yeah so that so pigeons i mean these these guys with their animalism like you said if they could warg ride something you shoot man there's a there'd be a nosferatu around every corner i mean you're I've never seen, more than three feet from a spider i know they could do uh squir i've seen squirrels that one was kind of funny uh, you know, the funniest I think though was when it went, was a happy puppy because you know then you're like oh 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 you know <laughs> trying to ask the happy puppy like did you see somebody walk by yeah yeah I saw someone that walk by they're like my best friend <laughs> it's like okay this is not gonna end well for me so right well with all that being said the Nosferatu, they may be, <laughs> some of them may be antisocial, ugly, cranky old bastards hiding in the shadows, but that doesn't mean that they're not formidable in their own right. So never underestimate a Nosferatu. No, don't ever do it. It's not smart. Nope. They're out for their own survival and the survival of their clan, so do not cross them. Although if you want to underestimate them, that just makes their lives easier. They're happy for you to do it. Absolutely. And speaking of cranky. So, John, I'm a cranky antisocial nerd. I need to play a Nosferatu. How do I Nosferatu? <laughs> well, Jen, I'll tell you. Nosferatu embrace the fringes of society. So if you want to tap deep into that antisocial angst you've been feeling against the American government, you're on your way. Oh, so I could be a Nosferatu like haunting like washington dc right now oh i don't know if I'd oh want to do my that. god i don't know if you'd want no that's a little too dirty even for the nos i think we've already got one of those <laughs> we probably have several and they're all cleopatra's so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of different types that you can play in this clan um the biggest thing is they're going to be a little bit on the misfit side because well they're not going to fit into normal society. So 
That said, the Nosferatu are just a physically messed up clan. They're deformed and, and then some. It's like, you're not just deformed. You got hit with the, with by every branch of that ugly stick tree on your way down. <laughs> right. Like Logan so, said with like Logan said with the the role playing aspect of that, keep in mind that those deformities can take the can take the form of anything. You could have a twisted arm, a club foot, uh, the hunchback. I mean, the sky is the limit with how you want to play this out. Uh, but in character creation, I think your deformity is, you do have to put it down. Yes. So whenever you're building a Nosh, you always have to note what your deformities are. I, I, I've seen it happen, and sometimes it can't be helped, but it really irks me when you see those people who are playing Nosh who are like, here's a card that I have pinned to my shirt that says... I'm a twisted, ugly, horrible Nos, but I have my obfuscate up, so I look like I'm a normal human being because they don't want to have to put the effort into like really role playing it out, and it annoys me. But sometimes, I mean, I can't, I can't force you into gameplay you're not comfortable with. True. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it uh, a thousand times before. I've actually seen somebody on uh, Cafe Press create a button. That says Mask of a Thousand. <laughs> just so you can pin it. You don't have to have a, write a card out. You just pin it on. Bam. Because in... the card was too much effort. <laughs> no, I think it's just, you know, it's the reusable factor. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, because if, cause if, you, if you're not going to be you, Mr. Lurk, you've got to have, <laughs> have something. I, I personally like one of our, our, our longtime role players, Walter. He has a, um, a cap that says Obfuscate on it. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, sometimes your arms get tired trying to make the obfuscate gesture. So I'm like, I, <laughs> that, I dig it. That is true. I call that immersion LARP. It just means you're getting tired of having obfuscate up in game. <laughs> immersion LARP. So, um, so yeah, many NOS do hide their identities under obfuscate. Um, unless you're in Elysium. Because once you're in Elysium, you can't really use your powers... So then you just have to show up in your full ugly glory in front of all these, like, you know, nose up in the air, beautifully dressed Toreador. I mean, hell, I'd, I'd do it just to shock them. But um, they don't like it. And it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, in, term, uh, in terms of deformities, you may have a limp or a twisted back or a crooked arm or something that may mean you can't operate normally. Um, for our game, there's a Nosferatu that his deformity, because of geographically where he was from, he looks like a mummy. So he's just like, he can move just fine. He just looks creepy as hell. So, you know, there's all sorts of different deformities that you can have. Right, and also remember that the clan itself tends to lean towards antisocial behavior. So you're not, you might not be the most social individual. Yeah, and I mean, there's exceptions to the rule too. If you're a Nosferatu who's big into gathering lures or being an information uh, barker, you like to get information and sell information, you may be more social than, say, another Nosferatu is. It's kind of up to your call and your levels of antisocial there. I mean, if you just want to be the antisocial person who's like, meh, I don't like dealing with people, meh, 
then that's perfectly legitimate. Um, you can don't have to be talking to people. You can spend the entire game obfuscated and lurking in shadows and hoping you don't get caught by the Keeper of Elysium because you're obfuscated and using vampiric powers. So, I mean, that's a perfectly legitimate way to play a character out. It's, it's kind of perfectly a, in character for a lot of Nos too. Yeah, and it's perfectly in character. So it's kind of up to you on how you want to roll your character out. Do you want to play a Nos who is more social and is the wheeler dealer? Let's 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 start talking business. Or are you the one who wants to be the super sneaky sneak spy who's like hiding behind the potted plant all evening? You can do either. They're both perfectly legitimate. Hard to do both. Well, to help you guys out, we do have our concepts that. We- Jen came up with and these are always 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 these are just suggestions they're just fun ideas to throw out there as you're brainstorming what what kind of character you want to play oh absolutely yeah every these are just our ideas that we think sound fun but you can you know it's inspiration yeah well first up we've got the information for sale this is i guess your stereotypical nosferatu information monger you know, the Wheeler Dealer, like I just said, they tend to have a beat on all the things, and you can have the all the information people want, but information is your stock and trade, and it always comes with a price. You don't, you do not do anything for free. Yeah, maybe. Maybe even the first one's not free. Well, the first one may be free, but after that. <laughs> and then you've got the Weirdo Outsider. Uh, once again, you know, this goes along with the fringe aspect of the clan. Yeah, I like to think of it like Christian Slater's character in Heather's. You know, that dates me. Um, you're the that weirdo, creepy dude who lurked it on the edges around high school. Or you were just that person who never fit into any social situation. So you're socially awkward. And there's a part of you that delights in just being the weirdo creep who just kind of gives everyone you know that ooky feeling that's why i thought of christian slater's character and others he kind of has this perverse delight in being that weirdo who just like you know is somewhat anarchic and is like oh am i creeping you out you know it, it that's a great concept for a nosferatu too absolutely and then another good one super spy this is kind of this is kind of up there with the information monger, except the idea is a little more James Bondy with a prune face. <laughs> yes. So you're maybe you were a spy or a scout in your mortal days, or maybe it's something you developed after your embrace, but you have an in-depth knowledge of covert affairs and espionage, and you're that go-to person when there is a need for that kind of information gathering. If there's for planning or carrying out this type of work, this is especially good for anybody who's involved in any uh, militant work on behalf of the Camarilla or say the Prince wants to have a spy master. This is a great concept for that. Um, and those frauds who are particularly are uniquely adept at it. And speaking of information networks, we have the hacker behind the screen. Because like we said before, that Nosferatu aren't always low-tech information gatherers. They, they definitely, some of them are definitely like, hey, you know, I was embraced in the 21st century. I know what I can do. Yeah, so they, these are like, you know, if you've seen the movie Hackers, you know these types. They're the ones who, um, you know, 
are much more comfortable on the internet than they are ever in real life. And, you know, let those brujas show off how, you know, how to mangle uh, a protest. You know, they like to go say they're anarchs and go set fire to buildings. Fuck that. You've been hacking your way into the Pentagon since you were 15 years old and you can, uh, you can find information anywhere. Um, so whether you're maintaining ShrekNet, um, or you're the head of a Nosferatu data hub, um, you're just, you're a hacker out there to make a buck and you have all the information of the world at your fingertips if you can get into it and if you have the smarts to hack into it. Now that said, I realize we haven't really explained ShrekNet a lot and it's great if you, to know what ShrekNet is if you want to do the hacker type. Because ShrekNet is a, um, it was a, let's say, a, uh, uh, I was going to say, ShrekNet was a joint project between Carl Shrek, who is a high-ranking Tremere, um, and on again, off again, Justicar, and with Clan Nosferatu to help bring, uh, use computers to get information and bring it all together in one source. And for those of you who've been reading V5, you know just how important ShrekNet has been and how much of a, it's become kind of a detriment. Well, I was just going to explain it as it was the dark net before there was a dark net, before there was an internet. It is the privately owned, privately maintained Nosferatu database of information online since before there was an internet for it to piggyback onto and hide from. And the whole idea was that Carl Shrek had the idea of trying to bring this information t together for high-level Camarilla use. So, and tapping into the Nosferatu ability to gather information, that's what ShrekNet was for. So a lot of hackers in Clan Nosferatu have access to ShrekNet because they're feeding information into it. Um, keep ShrekNet in mind because we'll revisit it when we're talking V5. And ShrekNet is interesting because the Nosferatu figure, if you can find your way onto it, you need to be one of them. Yes. So that's another way they find potential recruits. It, yes, it is. Next up, we've got the Sewer Crawler. Uh, yeah, so the Sewer Crawler is the, the... These are the people who know the domains of the underworld, as Logan coined it. Um, you, No one knows the sewer better than you do. You know everything about everything that's weird down there and all the muck that flows down that way you know about the strange you know about the aliens that hide down there you know you're an expert on the urban jungle and you know all the routes in and out and all the weak points in it and then the well okay the, following closely on that one subterranean engineer yeah because warrens are very highly structured uh, edifices these are I mean, there's a lot of thought that goes into a warren because they're built for protection. So, and some of these warrens are utterly beautiful. They're absolutely gorgeous creations in the underworld. And so you may be an architect who's famous for construction, constructing various warrens across the world. Or maybe you have some engineering skills that you've applied to defenses of the warren or shoring up some, uh, shoring up some sewers that haven't been fixed in a while because public funding 
has been cut and they needed repair or maybe you deliberately destroyed them because public funding's been cut and nobody's going to notice. So, <laughs> I mean, whatever the case, you un- you are that engineer who kind of makes things happen down there. Right. And then now my p- particular favorite private investigator, a good old gumshoe. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you are the person who does all the investigating you're the go-to so someone needs someone you know some dirt on somebody they need the they need the pictures they need the dirty pictures um they need to figure out who's been cheating on whose husband that's what you do you are the person who um keeps it hush hush and down low (laughs) you know you know how to track and ferret it with the best of them and you know how not to get caught so, and I think that's kind of a fun Nosferatu, especially living in LA, because we have such a rich film noir detective. Pop cultural landscape. Pop cultural landscape in Los Angeles. That's a real fun one for playing Nos in LA. LA Confidential, my one of my favorites. Yes. That's such a great movie. Such a great movie. And speaking of movies, it's pop culture reference time. Yay! Yay! All right, so... You know, obviously some of you knew we were going to go here, but uh, the top pick is the 1922 film Nosferatu. I don't know. Oh, if it's, my God. I, I don't know. Yes. That came out of the blue. Why would I never... you pick that one? I don't get it. Me either. <laughs> I mean, it's not even about the Nosferatu. It's about some wacko retelling of Dracula. Except that, guess what? The Nosferatu, it kind of looked, sometimes they kind of look like that, dude. He was kind of ugly. That's right. Yeah, definitely think of the big pointed ears, bald head, buggy eyes, and those two buck teeth fangs. And, and, and the way he walked, you know, hunched over, hands together like some sort of predator. And you've got a really good idea for the basic Nosferatu. Yeah, Count Orlock is ba- pretty much what the idea of the Nosferatu is based off of. So They even use it, what, in some of the, a lot of the pictures, they even say that all of their fangs, for whatever reason, end up looking like that. Yeah. I, I, I think they've changed that, but I remember in the beginning, first and second edition, every Nosferatu had the bucktooth fangs. Yeah. The rat fangs. The rat fangs. Rat, oh, rat, well, rat fang, bucktooth, you know. Yeah, but I think they have changed it in more recent editions. So that They have. It, they've uh, freed it from that constraint. Yeah, but it's still pretty common. Oh, they yeah. can have normal fangs. They can have sharp fangs. They can have fangs that looks like a shark tooth. Oh, we'll shark see. There teeth. you go. See? I like that change, too, because it reflects their differing deformities. Mm-hmm. All right. Next, we have ooh, Nightbreed. I love this one. I love Nightbreed. So Nightbreed is a novella that Clive Barker made into a movie in 1990. It's, it, if you haven't seen it, and most of you probably haven't, go find it, because the whole story centers on a group of quote-unquote monsters that have created a home and acceptance amongst their own in a graveyard uh, that's kind of removed a little bit from civilization. And it's this togetherness of the misfits that I think is a great example of the Nosferatu mindset of it's us against the world. And we, we are always looking out for us and, and making sure we survive no matter what. Absolutely. No, definitely check that out. And this next one is I've been trying to avoid saying it because I, I was waiting for it because I knew it was here. Uh, Neverwhere, 
Neverwhere, Neil Gaiman's masterpiece of London Below. It is it is fantastic. You guys, it, the, originally it was the miniseries first, and then he was writing the novel during the miniseries. Yes, it, I recommend watching the miniseries if you can get your hands on it. But if you can't, go read the book. Oh yeah, definitely talking about the fringes of society. It's a whole other civilization that exists beneath our feet. Again, the people that fall through the through the cracks. It's so good. It's so good. It's what made me fall in love with Neil Gaiman. Was was I think you, John? No, Dan. Uh, our friend Dan, our mutual friend Dan, gave me the book to read. I kind of flipped through it, and then you had the mini series. So we sat at your apartment and watched it one day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now I have to read the book. And that's how I fell in love with Neil Gaiman. He's one of my favorite authors. But um, it's this weirdly kind of off-kilter beautiful but very dark fairy tale and very world of darkness very world of darkness and i love the baddies in there i was like but yes yeah it's even yeah the baddies in it are really twisted but just thinking about the kind of undergrounds that the nosferatu run in this is how i picture it is is neverwhere and the things that you find in the underground i picture it as neverwhere so yeah, so I highly recommend it if you're going to play Nosferatu. And finally, we have The Shadow, which I know we've discussed when we were talking about Obfuscate. Jen's right. I mean, the radio show is one of my favorite things, but the movie absolutely shows how Obfuscate works across the board, in my opinion. And while well, the backstory is like straight up classic, classic comic book origin story, pulpy cheese. I mean, Lamont Cranston is there's so much cheese in there you might as well call it a pizza at this point no i break <laughs> out the crackers and wine here we go i mean it's there's a lot of cheese there but you don't get to be a classic without people copying you and people getting tired of it and it <laughs> is in fact a classic it is there you go it is as a, a comic yeah it is in fact a classic and so lamont cranston does wield a straight up analog for obfuscate it's I, I feel like if you want to understand how it works, go read the comics, listen to the old radio show, watch the movie, whatever you want to do. Um, I think there's even some old classic black and white shadow movies. Um, yes. Like the yep. 40s that you can find. Um, I mean, he's he's a dude who runs around in a fedora with a scarf over his face. And that sounds like the best NOS concept ever. <laughs> Pardon me while I steal it for my next character. Oh, there you go. Oh, like, man. We're just, we're giving you, you know, fodder for your characters, Logan. Please take it and run. So, um, and then our last suggestion for pop culture is pretty much any David Cronenberg movie ever. <laughs> like any David Cronenberg movie. Pick one. Actually, I've got one. Sure. Um, The Elephant Man. Elephant Man's a good one. Oh, yes. Yeah. That, right. It, it even if you're shows... If you be a friendly Nosferatu in a world that's not very friendly to you, that one I think is pretty perfect. That's, that's a really good one. And it also shows, I guess, what, the Victorian era? How they yeah. approached uh-huh. someone that looked like that? Yep. So again, it goes back to how we were talking about changing with the times. And, and yeah, Logan, good call. It, that's a good one. The movie Freaks, if you can find it, also Ooh, is a good freaks. one. 
uh, Dark Man. Yeah. There's there's a lot of good movies out there for that not stereotype that you can that you can use. We just gave some examples, so. Right. And of course, I'll, you know, we'll provide some links to this, you know, our favorites in the show notes. Okay, now that's the book section. Yep. So, like we always say, go read your clan books. Go read your clan books. Um, but beyond the clan books, some other fun ones to read for Clan Nos, um, New York by Night. I highly recommend that one because that is one of the few instances where you see an example of a Nosferatu prince. But beyond that, I mean, I think it's one of the only instances in all of White Wolf canon you see a Nosferatu prince. But beyond that, um, I, I think it also really gives you a good idea of how the Warrens work. Because there's this whole intro story of them trying to find the prince. He's down in the Warren. so And he's kind of being the prince, you know, right of domain. Bitch, you have to come to me. And so you get to see the, like, grim, grim beauty of what a true Nosferatu Warren looks like. So... Dark Colony is another example of, of, of where you have a Nosferatu prince. But this one isn't like the one in New York where it goes well. <laughs> this Nosferatu prince does not go well. And he's kind of ruthless. and uh, Kind of. He, he, very ruthless. <laughs> and so his own clan actually works to undermine him. Because he's not really a great guy. <laughs> That's how far gone he is. The clan that is all about togetherness, doesn't matter what sect you're on, doesn't matter you're a Nos, is like, no, fuck that guy. Yeah, this is the one of the few guys in all of White Wolf canon where the entire clan's like, no, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. If you want to read up more on the Hajj, the Nosferatu of... Uh, that specific bloodline of Nosferatu in the Middle East, because there's also non-Haji uh, Nosferatu in the courts of the Ashira. There's just regular Nosferatu there. But if you want to read about um, the Haj, you can read about them in Veil the Night. You can also read about um, how the Ashira treat Nosferatu in general um, and how that differs, because there are a lot more Nosferatu who in positions of respect amongst the Ashira than there are in the, the Camarilla. And so you kind of get a little bit more of that thinking and that mindset if you read Veil of the Night. Um, Logan, you got any other good suggestions? Um, Not really. I think we've about covered all the ones from the World of Darkness, and I'm trying really hard to think of another book that's not Neverwhere <laughs> that shows the, um, the Nos in their natural habitat, as it were, that puts them on display. And the problem is there really isn't because they're not typically the main characters. They are background characters, supporting characters. And you could watch Kindred the Embraced, but that Nos is not. That's not, that's a, that's a faux Nos. That's a, yeah, that's definitely. a not Nos. Like I said, he's a, he's a not, not a Nos. He's, he's a, a, just he's, a not. He's the haughty Nos. Haughty <laughs> Nos. He is a haughty yeah. Nos. I was like, those all are ways some, of that pronunciation. There are some damn attractive Nos in this show, and they must all have that like merit rugged bad looks, because uh, you're the most attractive Nosferatu I've ever seen. What? I mean, that's also a, what is it? A pristine face? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. It was the 90s. <laughs> it was the 90s. And I, Aaron Spelling. Yeah. But I think, yeah, in White Wolves, they tend to not be the main characters terribly much. So you won't find as much stuff necessarily on them. But if, definitely if, you, if you're reading like Labella Sanguinis, you can find them in there. So, yes. Also, the clan novel series. There is not a main character, but there is one who is throughout all 13 books. He's there. You pay attention to him. You read about him. And the last book is Nosferatu. The ultimate, I'm sorry, I forgot the word. The ultimate showdown, the ultimate, God, the, boss the fight? words, yeah. The boss Except fight. it's not. The boss fight in that book takes place from the perspective of the Nosferatu, kind of. It's interesting. Read the books. Read all the books. All right, everybody. Well, <laughs> that's the clan Nosferatu. Yay. Yay. And Yay. Uh, thank you, Logan, for joining us. As most of you know, Jen and I are just all about whatever it is, World of Darkness, we're there for you. We want to support all of you out there, whether you are in our game troop or not in our game troop. We want to show the love to all of you who love this game, just like we do. For any of you who happen to be in the Los Angeles area and are interested in playing a Vampire the Masquerade LARP, uh, Pillars Assault has moved on to its new chronicle, Whispers of the Blind. And somehow John and I decided we'd be the ones who would run this thing. I don't know. Maybe I was drunk. <laughs> you you might have been. That's why we wrangled uh, our friends Ari and Logan into it as well. Yeah. Because I don't I see help. how I'd agree to this, but really I did. But it, it's so far so good, and our first game's coming up very soon. And no, so we've got a great crop of players so far, and we'd love for all of you to be one of them. So, yeah. Absolutely. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, and if you're interested... Um, you can hit us up on Facebook. We are at Whispers of the Blind. What if you don't use Facebook? Then you can hit us up through our various methods of contacting us for by, for a podcast by night. That's right. And what are those methods, Jen? You can reach us on Facebook at Podcast by Night. You can find us on Twitter at By Night Podcast. Or you can email us at podcastbynight at gmail.com. Excellent. And also in the show notes, you'll find our link to our Patreon page. Jen and I are hard at work. We're brainstorming our little butts off, figuring out that, uh, you know, there are some things that we'd like to give back to our patrons. So we're going to be creating some special content. So keep your eyes open. Yeah, we'll we'll try to think of some good stuff. Um, I might need some more wine for this. (laughs) I'll bring the bottle. I have wine. And Logan, you're invited. Excellent. I want to watch Nightbreed. uh, Well, Nightbreed too, but I want to watch Neverwhere. Excellent. I've got a copy. Wine and Neverwhere. Uh, this yeah, you'll be lucky be if I don't show up tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> obfuscate in the middle of the night. Don't you obfuscate and show up on my doorstep. I'll punch you. <laughs> hey, I've got quietus. Nobody will hear you it. Don't, you don't have the copy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. So before this derails any further, we thank you all for listening. All right. My name has been John. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Logan. All right. Logan, we're, we're definitely going to bring you back for more of these. Oh, please do. I do so enjoy it. Awesome. Well, we enjoy you. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>